0: The shutter snapped shut as Brian took another photo of the frozen lake. He checked the picture, his breath fogging the screen. It was dark and underexposed. The light was running out faster than he realized. He raised his ISO a notch and snapped a few more photos of the gray landscape sprawled out below him and then tucked the camera back into his bag and jogged towards where his bike lay in the grass between patches of snow. Though it was February and still well below freezing, it hadn't snowed in several weeks and the trails were clear. Brian propped up his bike on the gravel trail and looked out over the lake. There was a big storm in tomorrow's forecast and it was unlikely that he would be able to make it back to this spot again before the spring thaw. Satisfied, Brian kicked the pedals into place and mounted his bike and set off down the trail and into the forest. It was already near dark inside the forest. The sun was low and the trees cast long and solemn shadows over the trail, pillars of some forgotten temple flashing across Brian's face as he sped over the gravel. Even though it was unseasonably warm, the wind crackling across his face still managed to draw tears down the sides of his cheeks. His hands began to ache from the cold. He gripped the bike handles harder and pushed forward. A final hazy sunlight burned crimson in large sections of snow and ice across the forest floor as the sun began to merge into the horizon, and then Brian rode behind a hill, and it was gone. The forest grew denser, swallowing him into itself. Trees came nearer to the edge of the trail, closing in. Brian looked up through the branches which had begun to creep over the trail. The sky was glowing a dull purple. One at a time, he unclenched his hands from around the handlebars and blew several breaths of warm air into them, doubting if he'd be able to make it off the trail before it was completely dark. He came to the first intersection where the trail split into two directions, which meant he still had about an hour to ride. A while after the trail split, it began to twist sharply every couple hundred feet. Brian came to the top of a small hill and paused to catch his breath and warm his hands. It was all but completely dark now. With a sigh, Brian repositioned himself on the seat and rolled off down the hill. He gained speed quickly and sat back and let gravity carry him down a straight stretch of trail. After a bit, the trail began jogging a bit to either side and he leaned forward to steady the bike. He pedaled hard to try and maintain his speed as the wind whipped across his nose and cheeks and snapped off on his ears. He squinted and tried to make out the trail ahead of him, but he couldn't see more than a few feet. He was flying through the air, dislodged from his bike. His body slammed into the ground and his face skidded across the cold gravel. He slid several feet, arms outstretched uselessly at his sides, gathering bits of rock and dirt. Cursing, Brian dragged himself a few feet further along the trail, as if he was frantically trying to crawl away from the sharp pain in his head and the throbbing in his shoulder. His hands stung each time he reached to pull himself further. After several seconds he collapsed, grasping his head and moaning. Tiny bits of gravel clung to his palms and cheeks. When the pain subsided a bit, Brian opened his eyes and lifted himself onto his elbows. He looked back over his shoulder, and his eyes adjusted, and he saw what he had hit. A large log had fallen across the entirety of the trail. With a low grunt, Brian lifted himself onto one knee and finally back onto his feet. No bones seemed to be broken, but everything hurt. His eyes darted around the ground until they landed on the camera bag. He picked it up and unzipped it. The camera was unharmed. With a sigh, Brian limped his way toward where his bike lay and picked it up. Wincing, he lifted one leg over the seat and began to push the bike. It lurched forward awkwardly and the front wheel hit the ground with a dull thud. It was bent out of shape and the tire was flat. It would not roll. As he stood with his bike, the silence of the forest crept over the trail and seeped into him. He looked up from his bike and scanned the spaces between the trees, unsure of what he was looking for. It was already much colder out than it had been while he was taking photos. His lower jaw was trembling in the breeze. He began to walk the bike down the trail and paused on the second step. That log hadn't been there a few hours ago when he was riding out to the lake. He looked back only for a moment and then continued down the trail. Brian walked, and as he walked, he thought of warm things. He thought of building a fire in his fireplace, which he rarely did. He thought of making hot chocolate, but more than drinking it, he imagined warming his hands by the stove as he made it. He thought of blankets and light. He thought of these things, and he continued to shiver. His toes ached as they pressed against his boots with each step. Twenty minutes after riding his bike into the fallen log, he came to a large clearing. In the summertime, tall grasses covered the rolling bluffs here and swayed easily in the breeze. Brian paused to catch his breath and gazed out at the hills where everything was now matted down and washed over with frozen moonlight. Dropping his eyes back to the trail in front of him, Brian trudged off once more. The opposite tree line was about a half mile in the distance. Walking through the open, the wind bit and clawed at his face, but for the first time he found he could see more than a few feet in the direction he was going. In this light, the silhouette of the forest loomed in the distance, a black wall. In the middle of the clearing stood a solitary oak tree, its branches bare and shivering in the wind, ancient claws cursing the constellations that hung like a painting over the landscape, the pointed light of each star slicing through the chilled air. After a few minutes, Brian reached the black wall where the forest resumed, his bike rolling and clanging at his side. He looked back to survey the ground he had covered, and it looked like a further distance than he remembered. The wind had quickened his step. As he was about to turn back and continue home, he noticed a figure standing on the trail, back near the far edge of the clearing. It was barely visible between the masses of trees, an anomaly in the faint glow of the moon. The more Brian tried to focus on it, the less clear it became until it was gone or had never been there at all. Brian waited for his eyes to find the figure again, but it would not reform. He wheeled his bike down the trail until the light from the clearing was a small dot behind him, engulfed by the trees, and then the trail took a sharp turn right, and all light was gone. Brian took out his phone to illuminate the ruddy ground, but the cold had killed the battery and it would not start. He pushed his bike ahead of him and made his way forward, measuring each step. The hills rose up on either side of him and the trees grew thicker still and blotted out the sky almost completely and the trail was plunged into near total blackness. Brian waited for his eyes to adjust and as they left him temporarily blind, his heart began beating faster in his chest and he could not see, could not hear, but he could feel the forest coming alive around him. And as his breathing picked up, he began to hear it ringing off the trees that were closing in, his footsteps impossibly loud, masking the sounds of anything else that might be creeping towards him in the darkness. So he slowed down until he was barely inching through the gravel, and then stopped moving entirely. Fists clenched at his sides, and he felt a heaviness weighing on him, a feeling that he was being not only watched, but meticulously studied. And he had to run, but his legs were too stiff to move. And He was stuck, waiting for whatever was coming for him until he finally broke free and sprinted down the path, bike tires smashing against every bump and kicking up dust behind him. He rounded another bend, and the trees began to thin. And before long, he had enough light to see by. And so he slowed down, and when he was another hundred feet away from the bend, he stopped to catch his breath. Everything seemed even quieter now in the absence of his own footsteps. And he began to feel very silly for scaring himself, a child running up the steps out of a dark basement. When he stood up and looked down the trail, there was an old man standing not 50 feet in front of him. Brian screamed. If the old man heard him, he made no sign. And so Brian watched him for a long time and finally called out to him. The man did not react immediately. And after a moment slowly turned his head to face Brian and smiled. The old man greeted him, and with that Brian approached him. The man wore a long black overcoat and asked Brian why he was out on the trail so late, and so Brian showed him his bike tire. The man told Brian that he had a house not far from the trail, and he invited him over to see if he might be able to fix his tire there. Brian politely declined, and before long the two were going their separate ways, And Brian was once again wheeling his bike through the dark. He returned to his warm thoughts, now interspersed with thoughts of the old man. Flurries began to fall from the sky, blown into his eyes by the wind. As the flurries turned to bits of stinging hail, Brian wondered if the old man really could have fixed his bike. For a brief moment he considered turning around to find him. Before he could decide, he looked around and realized he had stepped into another large clearing. It looked nearly identical to the clearing he had passed earlier. When Brian was about halfway through it, he saw the large oak tree standing up against the night sky and realized that it was the same clearing he had passed earlier. He wheeled around and looked back. Had he changed directions when he stopped to talk to the old man? He was sure he hadn't. Suppressing the panic he felt bubbling inside of him, Brian set out in the direction that he believed he had been walking prior to the mix-up. After several minutes, he reached the edge of the clearing and convinced himself that this was the side of the clearing farthest from the lake and thus closest to his house, and so he continued his journey. He passed once again through the low, dark section of the trail and was satisfied with the knowledge that he was once again headed in the right direction. The old man was no longer standing where he had been before, and so Brian passed that spot and continued on his way, eyeing the forest every few steps for any sign of the man or his house, but there was none. Only after he had passed that spot and entered an entirely new section of trail did he get a keen sense of being watched, a presence in the woods with him, but he wrote it off as mere paranoia. Still, he did not trust the trees or whatever they might be hiding, For another 30 minutes, Brian hauled his bike along the trail beside him, the tire thudding over the gravel every two steps. After he had wheeled up a particularly steep bluff, Brian and his bike emerged into another section where the trees faded away and the grass grew shorter along the edges of the trail. At the top of the bluff, Brian looked out and saw the lake. There was no mistaking it. It was the same lake which he had been taking pictures of before the sun had set. Now, several hours ago. He looked out over the icy expanse of it. The blanket of untouched snow shimmered with the easy glow of the moonlight. A black wall of trees formed an orderly ring around it, shielding it from the stars, fiercely burning stabs of light hung by wire from some invisible ceiling that enclosed everything, taunting him. When he turned his gaze from the lake, the old man was standing on the trail ten feet to his right, Brian suppressed a scream this time, and after he regained his breath, asked the old man if he was headed home. He'd eventually be heading home, he said, but for now he was just out, enjoying the night. He asked Brian how he ended up back at the lake, and Brian told him that he had gotten turned around. Again, the old man invited Brian to his house. It was only a short walk, he said. Again, Brian politely refused. The old man said nothing in return. After another minute, Brian once again began his journey home along the trail, now certain that he was headed in the right direction. The clearing, the dark section, and the spot where he first met the old man all passed in order, and Brian continued his walk, eager to leave the cold behind. He walked for upwards of an hour. He walked until he should have come across the branch of the trail that led towards his house, but he never came across it, so he walked further. He walked to the top of another bluff and found himself back at the lake. The man was waiting for him, smiling. Defeated, scared, exhausted, and freezing, Brian saw no other options and accepted the invitation back to the old man's house. The two left the trail and set out into the forest. They walked over fallen branches, around logs, and through mud so thick it threatened to peel Brian's shoes off of his feet. Branches stretched out and scratched at Brian's face, a thick fog began to creep in around their ankles. The deeper into the forest they walked, the higher the fog seemed to rise, the thicker it got. Tree trunks began appearing out of the mist. Brian nearly stepped right into several, until at last he stepped around one at the last second and found that the old man had disappeared into the fog. Brian spun around, frantically looking for any trace of a human figure mingled with the mist, but found none. Overhead, the stars continued to burn. A large cloud slid across the cool face of the moon and the forest went utterly dark. Brian stumbled around, hands outstretched, tripping over branches and logs until his shins were raw. Finally, his hands found a large log and he sat down. It was colder now, much colder. He called out for the old man, for anyone, but received no reply. When he stopped calling he felt that same presence again beginning to bear down on him the darkness closer now much closer trudging through the snow and mud 30 feet away weaving through the trees, now ten feet, its eyes set upon him, right on top of him now, teeth bared, hands outstretched to engulf him, pull him under the earth, never to see the sky again, and now he hears breathing, feels moist breaths caress the hairs of his neck, he pulls his shoulders up to his ears and tenses his body, and waits to feel the cold fingers wrap around his throat, but the fingers never come the clouds cleared from the moon and the old man was standing in the forest some fifty yards away staring at Brian Brian jumped up, his joints frozen and creaking and shambled towards him eyes on the ground, careful not to trip after a moment he looked up again expecting to see the old man close now but he was gone Brian spun around several times out of breath, trying to locate the old man after a few turns he saw him He was standing just about as far away as he had been when he started walking towards him and still staring at him. Brian took off after him, falling several times, his hands burning, growing numb from grabbing snow. He chased the old man back and forth through the woods, tripping more often with each pass, his legs feeling heavy and impossible to lift, his lungs burning with the frozen air, smoke pouring out of his mouth with each breath, his vision growing blurry around the sides. His head began to throb, and his toes grew colder with each passing minute. Brian followed the old man back and forth until he was on the verge of collapsing. Trudging forward through the thick snow, struggling to find each breath in the cold air, Brian looked up from under his brow and waited for the earth to stop spinning. He found himself in a large clearing, even larger than the one that had tricked him earlier. Brian picked up one foot after the other, each time throwing a blast of powder into the air and pulled several more steps out of his legs before falling to his knees. He closed his eyes and regained his ability to breathe. When he opened them, the old man was nowhere to be found within this enormous clearing. A muted cracking came from below Brian's knees, from beneath the snow. Brian tried to stand, but his feet slid out from under him and he barely caught himself before landing at his face. Another snapping sound came from beneath him. Before he knew it, the ice had completely given way and he found himself plunged into the lake, the icy water smacking his senses back to life. He sunk deep, deeper into the inky blackness of the water before his muscles responded and he managed to catch himself. He looked up and saw nothing but darkness. but. What was up and what was down was now impossible to tell. Already low on breath, his lungs began sending urgent signals to his brain, for which his brain had no response. They strained and pulled and begged for air, but there was none. The water pricked at his skin, tightening it, and every move seemed to require every bit of energy he had left. His winter coat and his boots were waterlogged and incredibly heavy. After an eternity, he came up against a slick wall of ice. His arm tried punching through it in slow motion, but the ice was unaffected. Brian slid back and forth against the wall, but never felt so much as a bump. It seemed to continue to the ends of the earth. Brian's head began to pound. He felt his lungs shriveling inside of his chest. He attempted to blink the blurriness out of his eyes, but each time he reopened them, the world was a little darker, a little hazier. His brain could no longer force his fingers to bend. His body tingled and slowly the world faded and Brian's body adjusted to the cold.